Hey everyone, Jordan here. Just a couple announcements before we get into this episode of the Shore Stories podcast. On December 24th, we're going to be having our Christmas Eve service once again at the Pipe Shop at the bottom of Lonsdale. We're going to have two services, one at 12 o'clock and one at 4 o'clock p.m. So definitely feel free to invite people out to that. We have some invite cards at the Welcome Center at church on Sundays. Also, registration for our women's Bible studies in the winter of 2020 is now open on our website. And finally, our Gifts of Love program, where we're going to be providing gifts to families who are less fortunate this holiday season. Uh, We have a couple more spots open if you want to help out with any of those families. You can find information for all of these things at www.theshorechurch.ca. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Shore Stories podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Chong, and joining me today is a really great guest. It's Christina Hutchison. Christina, how are you doing today? I'm so good, Jordan. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. Really good to have you. Uh, I know being a, a mother must be crazy, and you might be tired coming in here, so I appreciate you. Yes, my brain time. is a little wonky. Awesome. Well, that should make this really exciting and entertaining <laughs> and unpredictable, perhaps. Maybe. Well, why don't we just start off by uh, how would you describe who Christina Hutchinson is in a few sentences? Oh, the first thing that comes to mind is like a very classic Enneagram four wing five. But if you're not familiar with the Enneagram or you think it's from the devil, then I would say <laughs> a passionate person of highs and lows who likes to read. And I guess the my heartbeat is just to glorify God. It's mm. my biggest desire. Amazing. What uh, what are you reading right now? What am I reading? Or what well, have you read recently that you can uh, really jumps out? Yeah, um, I think my favorite like nonfiction book this year has been Tim Keller's book on Jonah, oh, the Prodigal cool. Prophet. Mm-hmm. I did I led a, a Bible study on that, right. and it was it's just profound, especially because you know you think of Jonah as just you know this story of a fish in the Old Testament is kind mm-hmm. of small, kind of obscure, but it's for everybody, and it's yeah. so deep, and it really struck me to the heart in a lot of ways. Really cool. And so that yeah. Bible study was just this last fall, right? Yeah. Was that yeah. your first time leading a Bible study? Or it was. Oh, cool. And how'd it go? I really liked it. Oh, cool. Yeah, I had a whiteboard, oh, you know, wow. for the important parts. Yeah. And like, a, like a teacher. I guess you are a teacher. the promptings, so. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's really cool. Uh, are you going to lead another one in the, in the new year? That's the plan. On the same thing or something different? Uh, something different. Okay. Um, it is a study by J.D. Greer. Oh, I love J.D. Greer. Yeah. I listen to his podcast all the time. Awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Jesus Continued, and mm. it's about um, walking with God mm. and really knowing uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Awesome. Well, why don't we jump into some of your story here, and uh, let's take it back to, I, I know I teased this at the end of Brad's short story. For those uh, who don't know, this is Brad's spouse, beautiful wife, Christina, and I talked about how you were actually a childhood movie star. I know this yeah. is hard-hitting stuff people want to know about, so why don't you tell me a bit about your childhood, where you grew up, uh, how you got into being in a few movies or TV shows? Yeah, I grew up mostly in Deep Cove. Okay. Well, towards Deep Cove. Um, And it was when I was six that I I was in like a modeling class. Okay. And somebody was like, oh, we should get her on on auditions. So I think it was the second audition that I went on that I got a commercial. That's what you say. You got something like that. 
I remember telling the class for show and tell, I got a commercial. And the teacher's <laughs> like, what does that mean? Um, yeah, so it was really fun. I did like 30 or something commercials as a kid. Oh, wow. Got to travel a little bit cool. to L.A. and St. Louis of all places. Oh, wow. And a couple of movie parts. Okay. It was just a lot of fun. Right. What, yeah. was, the, what was your favorite, um, what would I call it, gig? Not gig. Uh, yeah. Spot? Yeah. Uh, what was your favorite one? Hmm. Well, whenever they would give you the toys, okay. that yeah, was always awesome. a good situation. Yeah. Um, probably being on a show called The Marshall okay. with Jeff Fahey. Okay. Apparently, he's a big deal to the older generation. <laughs> okay. Um, because I got to travel to LA and uh, it was like a recurring thing. So mm -hmm. I worked on it. You know, I had a very small role. I was the Marshall's daughter. Okay. Um, but it was really fun something ongoing. Do you remember any of your lines from that show? Oh yeah. Do you want to, <laughs> do you want to give us one? Um, Mike Messina's ERA is under three again. Oh my God. That Mike. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That was really great. That was a this, is, this is the most exciting uh, podcast so far. Yeah. I don't know what an ERA is. <laughs> oh, um, uh, earned run average. It's not Seriously? important. That's yeah, not important. Wow. Baseball. 20 years later. Baseball. Yeah. Not important. Awesome. Well, you grew up in North Van and Deep Cove. Uh, who did you grow up with? Who lived in your household? I had my mom okay. and my stepdad okay. and my sister. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was around 10 years old, we got my dog, Grady. Grady? Yes. Awesome name. Named after a soap opera star character. Okay. Mm -hmm. What are the best things you remember about growing up in North Van? It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like, that's really impacted me, actually. The scenery and how, like, the, especially the mystery of the fog and the mountains and everything was something that God used mm -hmm. to draw me to himself when mm. I was a teenager. So the scenery of this area really yeah. impacted me growing up. And what was the question? Well, the, what were the best <laughs> things basically about growing up <laughs> that you can remember? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a lot of opportunity to do things that I was interested in. Mm. Like I grew up dancing and obviously the acting thing. Um, we went traveling a lot, mm. like whether it was like camping, road trips, or like to Mexico. So I think I was very fortunate. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. How about um, difficult things growing up, you remember? Yeah, I was kind of a lonely kid. Mm. Um, most of my parents' friends had kids that were my sister's age, and okay. were five and a half years apart. Okay. Um, so I always felt like I was kind of in the babysitter role, you okay. know? Yeah. And. Yeah, I don't know. I always felt a, like a little bit different at school. That's the Enneagram type four thing, right. though. So it's like a blessing and a curse. Um, I switched schools in grade four, and that's a big deal to mm -hmm, a kid. You totally. know, you're so lonely and until you, you know, get acclimated two weeks later. And um, I would say high school was really difficult for mm -hmm. me uh, between like feeling pretty intense social anxiety and... Um, messed up body image issues mm. and I'm I'm sure there was probably some like depression mm. going on there at the time as well and I'm, I guess I've always been really insistent on like having meaning and purpose mm. and so not growing up in a Christian home um, I just had like questions about things and I think that those those often came off as like defiant uh <laughs> troublemaker type mm. questions, but I really wanted to know. Right. Um, so that kind of led me on my 
pursuit of God or that was, you know, God's pursuit of me right. going on. What, 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 can you speak into that a little bit? Some of the questions that you had, do you just mean like, like what's life all about? Like what's yeah. I be doing with my time? Yeah. What is this life? What mm. is it for? What is worthwhile right. to do? And I felt like I had experienced like most things that life could offer, sure. you know, when I was 15. Oh yeah. <laughs> you, knew it, you knew it all then. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, when I go after things, it's just 110% because yeah. why would you do them otherwise? Mm-hmm. Or how else would you do them? So like I was really good at dance. Like, mm-hmm. okay, if I, it, it, this was tied in with like, what do I want my life direction to be? What do I want to be and do in this world? Um, like is dance worthwhile, you right. know, performing, I loved performing. Um, you know, I, I had a boyfriend at the time, right. but I knew that like relationships weren't the answer to what I felt like I was missing in life. Mm. Um, I was really successful in school, like could academics and just, you know, being in school, could that give me meaning and purpose in life? And I just knew that the answer was no. It's just trying out all these different things and everything was coming up empty. Mm. Yeah. So that's the conclusion you came to that nothing was really satisfying you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just what else is there? I think that right. was the real question of my heart. What else is there? Right. And you mentioned that in when you, I think it sounds like you were in high school, about 15 or so, you had a bit of anxiety issues and body image things. Are those things that went away at some point or are those things you carry around still today? I would say anxiety is something that I, I fight hmm. and I really do try to fight it like with truth and analyzing and sometimes I see a counselor Mm. Um, and then the body image stuff um, that started when I was really young like Mm. again around like grade four um, and was really difficult in high school Mm. Um, and then it definitely changed when I became a Christian and started following God Um, I was so like happy and thankful for and like to know him that that kind of just took a back seat for a while you know for the honeymoon phase of when you become a christian um but it's something i i still struggled with for several years and Mm -hmm. it's always in the back of my mind but i i don't let it like grow and develop right yeah um going back a little bit you mentioned that you grew up in a household with your mom your sister and your stepdad um can i ask where or what the relationship was like with your biological father? Yeah, my biological dad um, was in my life until I was seven. And then um, there was like a custody thing. And mm. I didn't see him for a period of 10 years. Wow. And then I literally, when I was 17 and um, crazy like that, mm. went up to his dorks anywhere he's li- he lived and knocked and said, you know, hello, I'm Christina, your daughter. Um, and that's how we began having a relationship again. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So he had no idea you're going to show up and you just kind of yeah. went for it. Yeah. Probably not like the wisest <laughs> thing, but I mean, 17, right? You just yeah. go for things. Wow. That's intense. That's mm-hmm. intense. And what was your relationship like after that? It was <clears throat> like difficult to, when you know, you've had a history, but there's been all this time mm-hmm. and you're now in a, you're a 17 year old person or older yeah. than that. You have to find an, a new relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it was exciting cause we were pretty, we're pretty similar in a lot of ways. Okay. So it did feel like kind of like filling in, uh, my history a bit of like mm-hmm. where I came from. Right. Um, 
but yeah, it's just kind of a, an awkward, weird situation to navigate. Mm. And so going back into, I guess, your high school years where <clears throat> you're kind of exploring almost like a, almost like a Solomon way of living, just yes. kind of testing the, Vanity testing everything. Yeah. Um, did you know about Jesus at all in that time? No, I went to like one or two, uh, Christian camps okay. as a kid, but they just, I don't at least remember them preaching the gospel, mm. but I did have like a nice sense of, oh, hey, you know, these are Christians. This is God's presence. It's good. Sure. I like it. But when you don't have any truth attached to that, yeah, like nothing's going to take root. Um, so no, mm. my, my biological dad's mom, apparently I used to talk with her about God and okay. stuff when I was a kid. Mm. So yeah. Wow. And so do you remember a time where you first heard about Jesus and the gospel? Yes. So I first heard the gospel at a little church in Deep Cove. And I think the speaker was like this French guy with a strong accent, okay. preaching in King James English. Okay. And can you believe that that didn't like turn me off yeah. of the whole Christianity thing? Like, yeah. Um, I don't think a lot got through, mm -hmm. but I, I think what stood out to me, and this was God's spirit again, like yeah. was that the people there were joyful. And that's what I wanted. Right. So you really saw like Jesus reflected through God's community and through the church. Yeah. Really cool. That's a really encouraging uh, thing for us as the shore, really, to try to live like that. Because I think when a lot of people come visit, mm -hmm. like especially I know I, this is a preacher as well. And, and whoever's preaching might use like theological words that are hard to make sense of. And sometimes mm -hmm. the best way for people to see Jesus is just through other people, you know, so that's a good encouraging word for us as the shore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And so when you started taking interest in Jesus, did, did you get more involved in that church in Deep Cove or what, what did that look like? Um, I came to like the gospel <laughs> meetings where they just preach the gospel okay. pretty regularly. Like those would be every Sunday night, but I, I went, I don't know, maybe twice a month or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I had, a different boyfriend at the time whose family was um like members of that church okay um so he was going regularly and I would I was kind of curious like we would be you know hanging out and then he'd be like I got I have to go to church and that was very strange sure so I was just curious like what the church was like and what they did there right, right. If it was important to him yeah right really cool and um when you were when you're starting to be intrigued by the church and Jesus and, and all this stuff. Were there anything, things about Christianity that you're like, that you just had a hard time believing or were confusing for you? Totally. I was like flabbergasted that people actually believed that the Bible was real, like right. true. Um, and honestly, that Jesus was a real person. Right. I didn't know that. Mm. It's just, yeah, mind boggling. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so how is this a book that can be trusted, you right. know, compared to other ones? And yeah, I really just didn't know that Jesus was a historical figure. And how did you wrestle through that? Honestly, I didn't really have anybody to ask. Mm. Um, and I don't think I would have been comfortable asking those questions anyway. Right. So when I think back of how God brought me to himself, I really am astounded by the Holy Spirit's work mm -hmm. cause, like because it was just me in my mind thinking right. about these things having these like questions that would 
stop most people mm. from exploring Christianity further. But God was just really in work at work in my life. Mm. I think what really kept me coming back was just that I had such a clear understanding of my sin. Mm. I really felt that. I really felt like my own inability to be good or do anything good. I was very like selfish, mm. very selfish. Yeah. So So as a um someone who now leads Bible studies, let's say someone in the room asks a question like Christina, like this whole book seems crazy. How can I possibly believe all this stuff actually happened? What would you say to them? Yeah, we totally came up against, well, not against that, but that question came up in the book of Jonah, yeah, right? for sure. Um, you could look at like the manuscript evidence, mm. like how it's, the Bible is more supported by manuscript evidence than like any other. And by a lot, too. By a lot, yeah. yeah so there's that. Um, but I don't know, maybe more foundationally, just if, you know, you believe in a God and there's lots of, arguments for that too like a god i don't is this even a good answer can no i'm thinking of miraculous <laughs> stuff yeah so like so a god can do something like take a fish mm -hmm. and swallow a man and keep him alive um so if you believe a god that's not a big stretch you know right. we've got the resurrection exactly um yeah did that does that answer the question yeah no that's helpful does that have to do with the bible yeah it's, it's thought-provoking yeah. yeah definitely i always think that's a good way to answer <laughs> questions in small groups or bible studies that's just thought provoking not <laughs> yeah it's, i don't think it's necessarily about like i mean obviously answering the questions directly is helpful yeah but trying to create um just a, a situation where people can answer the questions on their own where they can mm. get into a place where they have to search for the answer you know i always anyways yeah or you turn to your other group members yeah. what, do, what do you all think How exactly you in there? exactly if you don't know just say i don't know too that's yeah, a good one also true. good advice um can you, can you recall a time or maybe there's many times as you're a Christian following Jesus where your relationship with him got you through a difficulty or a hard season? Yeah, I can. Well, sweet, sweet times with God were had, I would say like in my first few years of being a Christian, this is where... Um, Brad enters the scene Ooh. and he I think he talked about doing some mission work in Nicaragua yeah so he was off doing that um, and I was at home just hoping to have a good phone connection a couple times a week <laughs> to him and to, to hear what he was up to so uh, I think I was one of those people that usually had a boyfriend and mm. you know they're your best friend and so to not have them near for a year mm. is crazy. So I spent a lot of time with God. There was actually a time where I thought if I wasn't listening to like sermons, I was basically wasting my life. So yeah. I took in a lot of sermons that wow. year, a ton. Um, and God really used that time to uh, bring good friends into my life, mm. like good girlfriends. And yeah, mm-hmm. That's it. Cool. That's the end of the answer. Um, you brought up Brad. Yeah. This is the, this is the good stuff. This is what everyone's here for, the juicy mm. stuff. You guys have been married for almost over over 10 years now. You know. I know exactly. Yes, mm -hmm. I remember. Um, what was it like going from dating Brad? Not Brad in general, but like what, what was your relationship? What was the experience like jumping into marriage with someone? And all of a sudden someone's always there mm. and they're living with you and Maybe they're not as clean as you thought they were. How was it going from dating life to married life? Yeah, I think it went 
probably like it does for most people. It's a sh- it's a shock, and yeah. the th- like the things that come up are just things that you never could have anticipated mm. because you weren't in that situation before. You know. Yeah. Um, so dating Brad, I don't know, was great. We dated for like three years, mm-hmm. but with that one year of long distance mm-hmm. in between. And then, I mean, things are so exciting, right? I, I think I had the sensation that we were like playing house, even <laughs> though, you know, it was a real basement suite, um, you know, real food, but yeah. it just felt so fun. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, but I think the hard part was just not realizing like all your routines that you have are impacted by another person's presence and (laughs) their routines. Yeah. It, it definitely took some adjusting. Yeah. So 10 years in looking back, uh, I'm sure you've learned a lot of things. What kind of advice would you give to someone who's just jumping into their first year or just thinking about getting married? Mm. Well, that's something that might require a long thought. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> this is this is marriage. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of thoughts. <laughs> okay, so they're just going to be getting married. Yeah, let's say let's say someone just just about to get married. And okay, they you know dating's awesome. It's super easy. Marriage is gonna be no problem for us. Yeah, yeah. People used to say to us like, marriage is hard, and we I don't think I understood like what was so hard about it. Mm. Um, and I guess it's probably different for different people, mm. but. Um, I think one of the most important things that Brad and I actually have quite naturally, and it's a blessing to us, is that we give each other the benefit of the doubt all the time. Mm. Um, we we don't assume like the other person is evilly out to get us, like that they wake up and they're just looking for ways to be annoying to us. Right. Um, yeah, having that disposition of assuming the best in somebody all the time mm-hmm. has helped us a lot, I think. Yeah, that's really good advice, actually. Yeah, write yeah, that down. Mm-hmm. I could use it. Um, so just looking at um, getting a little inside information here for everyone listening, I actually get the guests to fill out a bit of a questionnaire. Um, I'm just going to read a direct line off of here that you wrote on one of the struggles you're faced with day to day because I find it really interesting. and I'd, I'd love to delve into a little bit more, but... When I asked you what's a struggle you're faced with day to day, you responded by saying the unpredictability and mysterious nature of babies. I am so frustrated when I cannot understand things. Oh, yes. Can you speak into this a bit? Yes. Just, okay, like it's nighttime and the baby is crying. Mm. You know, they've been been asleep for three hours and all of a sudden she's awake and crying and won't be comforted. what is the reason for the crying? Mm. Uh, does she have an earache? Are her teeth bugging her? Mm. Does she need her diaper changed? Is she lonely? Is she cold? Is she getting is she getting sick? Is she hungry? You know, mm-hmm. um, especially if she won't be comforted. Like, what is going on? And I just, I it just seems like so many of these things can't really be answered. Yeah, and I just feel like. You know, with all these thousands of years of experience of people raising babies, surely there must be right. more answers by this time. But often the answer I will get by from <laughs> friends who have their own children is, you know, you never know. That's just babies. And I'm like, no, I helpful. want to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> tell me. Tell yeah. me the secrets and the answers. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you get by that then? Like, how do you 
move forward not knowing these things? Oh, if I just think about like how I want to know so much, I just get more frustrated. I think once, like when I just focus on like Rilla in my arms and how I love the, like the feel of her and I need to comfort her. Um, if I'm just thinking about her, it really calms me down and helps me to calm her. Well, theoretically helps her to calm down too. Mm. And so I guess it's where my focus is in the moment. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I think you just have to be in the moment. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. What do you think about that mystery? Maybe this is more of a philosophical or somewhat spiritual question, but like not knowing what is going on with Rilla or babies in general who are crying. Like, what do you think God is up to there? I think he does a ton of work through babies. I mean, you you see Jesus wanting the little kids to come to him. And I just read recently about how, like, these kids would have been snot-faced and, mm-hmm. you know, loud. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, 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 let them come to me. Um, and God gives all the best things to babies, too, like the perfect skin. And they're so cute. <laughs> you know, they don't have to wear makeup. And it doesn't matter what they're wearing. They're, yeah. like, they look amazing because they're super cute. Um, he, he kind of quote unquote wastes all these like gifts of perfection on Mm. babies, like, and they can't remember that they had this experience. Um, and I mean, obviously like patience is always the lesson. It's Mm. just always the the lesson. Um, and it's just another opportunity for us to lean into God because we don't understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that everything? Yeah. We just, we don't understand what's going on. And even if we do find out some of the reasons or we have some insight, there's probably so many more things at work. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to like lean into him. Yeah. I feel that too. I, I think like, not that I have kids right now, but I see like kids and babies being such um, a mirroring image of God's relationship with us mm-hmm. and how like even when you don't know necessarily why Rilla might be crying at a specific time like in no time at all you and you or Brad go running to her and, and comfort her and want to see if everything's okay and I think that's like such an image of how we are with God and how when we are groaning inwardly or feeling pain inwardly God doesn't really like necessarily care what we're going through he's going to come and he's going to comfort us and be with us and and Mm -hmm. give us someone that we can rely on who's going to be there for us it's such a good picture for us is what i see through that but there is a lot of mystery like you know i don't yeah it's hard to see it but that's i've i've really enjoyed getting to know god more like as a parent through being a parent now Mm -hmm. and in that example you just gave like the feeling in your heart that you get when your child starts crying Mm -hmm. um just that that feeling of like loving them and wanting to help them and wanting to make it better for them yeah. like to know that that's in god's heart too has mm-hmm. been really impactful for me yeah well on this topic i know in when i spoke with brad we talked about it um but i'd love to talk about your past and difficulties with having a child mm-hmm. and what that experience was like for you um Maybe we'll just act like no one listened to Brad's and if you just want to walk us through like what this journey has been like to have 
Rilla now, but I know it's been a few years in the making. Mm-hmm. If you want to just uh, share about that. Yeah, I'll give you the outline. And then if you want any more specifics, That'd be great. let me know. Um, so in April of 2014, we decided to start trying to have a family. Um, I got pregnant right away. So it made it really surreal to believe that I was pregnant. Mm. Um, and then when I was about 13 weeks, I miscarried that little mm. baby girl. And that was not, okay, If I, this is not an outline if I start talking about it. So that's all. And then in the fall, we started to try again. And that became, began. Well, I guess, so you're not, quote unquote, like, you're not called infertile or experiencing infertility unless you've been trying for a year. Okay. So after a year, we were declared infertile with unexplained infertility. Um, and we did some work with PCRM, um, like the medical route to try to help get us pregnant um and then after that was ineffective um I went to a naturopath and started looking at hormonal things and stuff and so two and a half years after miscarrying I guess is when we became pregnant with Lila Mm. um yeah we found out that we were pregnant with her on Christmas day Mm. was such a gift Mm. just I, like it's just a perfect wonderful day in my memory and she was born at 24 weeks two days and lived a life of 23 days in the NICU mm-hmm. at women's hospital and that's when she passed away and after that honestly I didn't know if I would want to have kids mm-hmm. Um, and something Brad said changed my mind, like in one conversation, like, it's just crazy to go from, I actually don't think I can go through that again or something like that. Um, I guess it was just how he was seeing it, but he said that, you know, we've tasted the sweetness of what it's like to have a little baby daughter and and the good things are so sweet like how could we not want to have that again mm. so <laughs> went from never having kids again to yes let's let's go <laughs> um but we weren't allowed to like I, I had had a c-section um so we weren't allowed to start trying again for quite a while mm. which oh was just more agony of a different yeah. kind and I guess it took about seven months to get pregnant with Rilla. And pregnancy with her was all right. She was born in March. And now she's actually, she's at the time where she was like 263 days being grown. And now she's been a little bit more than 60, 263 days out of the womb. So yay. <laughs> awesome. Take a picture. Yeah. yeah. That was raw. Wow. Was that an outline? That was an outline. I'm bad at outlines. That was good. Yeah. That was like amazingly concise and detailed. Was it? And yeah, that was yeah. great. I got I got to imagine um like you you outlined it kind of quickly and but I yes. imagine it was it was extremely difficult and I think like even 
even now being at the shore on Sundays, like there's so many babies and little kids everywhere. Yeah. And I imagine for you, like, like trying to have a baby and seeing that and being around babies all the time, seeing people have multiple babies, like what was that experience like for you? Was that discouraging? Was it hard? Were you frustrated with God ever in that? (laughs) (laughs) Was I frustrated ever with God? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, it's, it's hard because I'm in, I'm in such a great place right now that I don't think about those days at all. Sorry for bringing it up. No, no, it's okay because, um, yeah, I mean, God's been triumphant in the story and taught me so much through it, but Yes, like with all that we went through, I would say that um, like the literal cycles of infertility um, and being in that setting of like the church with all the young families and so many babies was, it just cut me to the heart and I, it was so hard and Mm. I dealt with it often like in terrible ways um, because it just felt like a matter of like emotional survival and yeah it was just really hard yeah I, I want to actually I'd love to speak into or if you could get speaking to more what you just said that you're in a great place right now mm. um, which is like to say that right after you telling the story about your infertility mm-hmm. is crazy and out of this world to think that you went through all that but you're in a great place well, how did you get to be in a great place right now like looking back on the difficult seasons that you went through Mm-hmm. like the simple answer is like I've finally got a little baby and mm. she's so sweet and God gave her to us as a gift and after so many years of, of so many people praying for that like it's just mm. glorious answered prayer and we just have to give thanks to God for that um but it seems like an easy answer, like basically, oh, just, you know, what I, I wanted for so long finally happened. But mm. I mean, he has done that, but there are, there's definitely like layers of um, pain and stuff that requires more healing than mm. just that simple answer. Yeah. Um, I think I'm starting to see some of the reasons, like uh, some of the things that God was doing in that time that felt like forever Mm. like well I mean it it was five years from when we declared that we were gonna try to start to have a family so five years it's substantial but Mm. it's a lot less than what some people go through um I've just enjoyed like it's it's made like Rilla so precious Mm -hmm. to us and we just have so much joy and I think that would be the the nature well of anything that you've you've waited for for such a long time I mean for some people they get what they finally want and Mm -hmm. it's terrible but that's not the situation right she's wonderful yeah let's make that clear yeah (laughs) (laughs) she's great I love my baby um so the joy of having her and honestly I'm really loving maternity leave Mm -hmm. and not having like these crazy deadlines like it's actually a slower wonderful pace of life even though everything revolves around like her schedule she does nap sometimes and um so I think one one thing that's hard is 
having time with God because mm. it's never at the same time. Right. And sometimes she just wakes up, you know, right when, right when I was cracking open the Bible. Um, so that's hard, the unpredictability of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, what do you do in that situation? Because I remember I, I just I remember I was preaching like two weeks ago. One of the things I I gave practical advice of it's a good idea to you know set a specific time to pray and be with God, but you obviously cannot practically do that. Yeah. So what does that look like in your life then? Well, I've been convicted about it because <laughs> when she goes down for a nap, usually I will finish like getting myself ready for the day, and mm. I'm like, well, you know, priorities like is putting my makeup on more important than time with God. Mm. Like, should I only put makeup on if I have time at the end of spending time with God? <laughs> like, is that more important to me? So mm. I think about these things. Um, now I forget, what was the question again? Uh, how, how do you make time basically? Or what, is it, what does time? your devotional time look like? Yes, I like to devote Rilla's first nap of the day mm. to predominantly having like time with God then. Right. Um, and what that looks like is cozying into my couch, mm. I like to look out the window and usually start with praying, mm -hmm. talking with him, and then working, and then I have a Tim Keller devotional mm -hmm. that I live, and then I usually work on like a Bible study. Yeah. So that's like the ideal situation. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, and so just, just to kind of... Um, close off this topic what would you say to anyone who might be struggling with getting pregnant or having a child and they feel really discouraged um, don't know if it's ever going to happen or maybe they feel like god's against them or what would you oh, say to someone like that i just want to like hug them yeah. and cry with them honestly i think that's the first thing i would want to do mm. because so much of what you could could think of saying in that situation is actually not helpful because they've like either thought of it or it's just empty like they they know all the truths mm. like they know that god can grow your family they know um i don't know all the have you tried this and that like yes they have like they've googled everything yeah. they've looked up everything they already know that thank you very much so I think walking with them in it, like the hugs and the tears and, um, I don't know for me, I just like a lot of it's just the waiting game and it's mm. terrible. So having good friends that can watch the office with you for the 14th time is like what you need. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. what I need, <laughs> yeah. um, just like, holy distraction not yeah. the office is holy but just like time with friends totally. a way to i don't know know people's love yeah and have enjoyment during a terrible yeah wait yeah yeah i mean god can grow your family that is true but yeah. it's just not always helpful to remind them of that yeah yeah for sure so you're on maternity leave Mm -hmm. Your teacher. Yeah. When are you going back to teaching? I've, I'm due to go back to teaching in Mar <laughs> March or February. Oh, really? In yeah. what capacity? Full time? No, two times a week, two okay. days a week. And then are you planning eventually going back full time? I'm not planning to do that. <laughs> um, I can't do anything in life if I work five days a week. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, cooking dinner, laundry. Yeah. Being a mother's full-time job as it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine like you're probably really busy already right now with, with Rilla and then, no, I really am. And then, yeah. And then Brad's off building stuff during the day and then you're going to go back to work for a couple days a week. Like, Mm -hmm. man, how do you see yourself, you know, managing and getting through that? Does that just, is me bringing this up like overwhelming to you? Does it seem like impossible? How do you plan to I just, I think I'll cross that bridge when I get to (laughs) it, uh, for the planner. That's a strange answer, but, um, I don't know. I'm every day. I'm trying to improve things. Yeah. I'm always. I'm striving to find better systems for yeah. figuring things out. I love it. Uh, one of like my mantras to myself is like simplify. Let's do it the simple way, and then the simple way usually evolves into a pretty complicated way that mm. I'm just too in love with to let go. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm trying to look at so many ways that things can be simplified. Mm. It's good. More efficient. Yes. Oh. Efficiency, efficiency can be, oh, yeah. too, Jordan, so much. <laughs> I have to be like, I have to, that's actually what's so frustrating about life mm. is that when you try so hard to make something efficient and then yeah. it doesn't work and it's futile and time was wasted. And, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's the worst. I yeah. hear you. So one more thing actually about struggling through infertility, uh, that just came to mind. Um, for me, I think part of the difficulty was that I didn't really know people that were going through what I was going through at the time or that had, I think we've just started like in our society to, to talk about miscarriages or, um, related things more, more often, more openly. So, um, I am definitely like here and willing to talk with anybody that is Mm. going through that. Um, cause yeah, it was helpful once I did find some people that Mm. knew what it was like to be able to talk about our experiences together. You just, yeah. you can, yeah, you can go through it together. And I found it really, really helpful. Yeah, definitely. And that's honestly like the number one heart behind this podcast and why mm-hmm. I wanted to do this is so that people could hear that they might not be the only one yeah, going through exactly. something. I know when I first started getting involved in community group at West Side, that's what I found. Like, man, these people are all kind of like the same or somewhat different, but they're going through all of the same things that I am. These these issues or these difficulties aren't just for me. Like everyone's going through them and I can find comfort in them and find people who have gone through things similar to me and gotten through them. And so yeah. I can find hope in that. And so for you saying that, that's amazing. That's incredibly encouraging. And so I hope if anyone's listening to this who is um, going through something similar to you, that they can find like hope and encouragement in this from you and definitely talk to you, mm-hmm. about it, which would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Um, so I guess another thing um, that I wanted to talk about with you that um, also a difficult time in your life is your family has experienced um, quite a bit of death in your family. Mm-hmm. Um, did you want to speak into that a bit? Yeah, 2016 was like this nightmare year mm-hmm. that left me very broken. Um, that was the year uh, my biological dad passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like natural causes from his heart. Um, Brad's brother passed away Mm -hmm. by suicide in the springtime. Mm -hmm. And, and over the summer, my, um, my opa, my mom's dad, um, that I was close to, uh, fought with cancer very briefly Mm -hmm. and, and passed away that September. And, um, I actually was, I ended up with like a lot of, um, anxiety and 
a depression related to just that. Mm. I mean, uh, and I was off work for a period of time due to that. Uh, and that was also a very difficult year for us trying to conceive mm. and um, trying to fill in like the mystery of what was like why this wasn't happening and it was just a, a real doozer and left me feeling very uh, like God was against me like mm. working against me like just like looking for new ways to crush me mm. and I mean you say that and you know that it's not true but like circumstantially like with these things happening that everybody can see like that's what it feels like yeah. Um, and yeah, yes, you're not supposed to judge God, not by your circumstances, but judge your circumstances by God. Is that what the saying is? Sure. Something about <laughs> circumstances <laughs> and, do- and God. And anyway, uh, so I handled a lot of that really poorly because mm. of like the just brokenness of my heart. And, and the hardest part about it was not feeling God's comfort. Um, like in time alone with him, like mm-hmm. I would just didn't have a sense of his nearness or his loving care for me or just, you know, that he was with me and not letting me fall or it, I just felt very, very like alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, there'd be like a cycle of just, okay, fine. You know, I don't care. I'm just going to do this sin just cause I need to survive. Mm-hmm. And it will give me like the slimmest shred of not joy, but um, help surviving. And then you feel guilty and um, farther from God. And then you repent and seek him because you know that he's what you need, but you can't find him Mm. or it's not working. And it was, it's just like a cycle of discouragement and pain and yeah just and yet like the spirit is within you and like the bottom line for me in those cycles was um, like it was never a question of okay you know I'm not gonna believe in God anymore or I'm, I'm gonna stop going to church or it was a question of where else can I go mm you have the words of eternal life. There is nothing else. This is the truth. This is the, the only way. This is the only hope. Um, so there's just like a clinging that happens, even though you're like getting not, nothing out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like looking back at that person, like I, I wish I had handled so many things so much better, um, but I can I can see how God's Spirit like held on to me, mm. yeah, kept me coming back to Him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. I think so many times, like we just don't know what God's doing. And yeah. we want to know so bad. I know. I want to know the understanding. I need the yeah. understanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love one of like the main points of the story of Job um, that Tim Keller points out. Can you tell that I like Tim yeah, Keller? Yeah, you like Tim Keller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he points out that at the end of the story, 
when God is declaring all those things to Job, he never tells him like why. And, and that's really important. Mm -hmm. Like if Job had been, uh, persisting in belief in God because of anything else, but that he was God, Mm -hmm. then it would kind of be like an, an idol or something other than God himself. Mm -hmm. Um, like even if he had a reason, then he could keep enduring for the sake of that reason rather than just for God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's important. I've always heard that like, um, the mystery is necessary to have faith. It's a prerequisite Mm. to faith. If there's no mystery, then there's no need to have faith. And without faith, we can't have a belief in Jesus. So it's Mm -hmm. it's important that um, there's going to be a lot of question marks, even though we'd rather there be periods. Yeah. You know, and and it's really hard for us in in our in our lifespan. So hard. It's so hard. Yeah. I I even like see like I always laugh at uh, Ecclesiastes three like after the he does the rundown of all the different seasons in life. Mm -hmm. He says like um, basically says like God's going to put you through all these seasons but he's never going to tell you why. And it's like, why? <laughs> like, why do you put that in there? He's like, he's almost like snickering at the idea that we're <laughs> going to be able to figure it all out. And it's, it's really hard, especially when you're talking about the seasons that you went through. Like, what is God up to you in this? It's hard to see how he's going to make things beautiful in that. Yeah. But it's the way it is. And it's really, it's really tough for sure. But it's amazing to see that even as you went through that, like God was still hanging on to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like what we've been reading or going through in this prayer series about how even when you don't know what to pray, Jesus and the Holy Spirit is interceding on your behalf yeah. and praying for you even when you don't have like the heart to want to pray. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's on your side, Jesus is on your side, praying mm-hmm. to you for the Father to help you get through it, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, well, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Difficult times for sure. I see actually on your on your list here, I know you love Tim Keller. You said one of your suggestions for people going through similar things is to read Walking with God. Oh, sorry, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. Yeah. Another great book, Tim Keller. I referenced that a lot when I was studying on that recent sermon on yeah. suffering. So mm-hmm. I recommend that to people, anyone going through difficulty as well. Yeah, actually, it was like the more factual part of the book mm. that was more helpful to me. Like it looks at how kind of in our culture today we're just so unused to suffering like we have very cushy lives if you compare and look at the lives of people i don't know even a hundred years ago just the Mm -hmm. amount of miscarriage and child death and Mm -hmm. um great suffering was way more Mm -hmm. like a a normal part of life and so i think what's hard for us is often the surprise of it like like what this is happening to me and that's maybe like half of the pain of it yeah so I recommend the first part of for the sure. book in particular. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. Well, Christina, this has been really great. Um, if, if Christina's mentioned anything today that resonates with you or something that you're struggling with, I know for sure that she would love to talk to you about it or um, just pray with you about it. So don't hesitate to, to reach out to her if you have any other questions. Just want to have someone to chat with about some of the things that you might be going through. Um, was there anything else on your on your heart that you wanted to, to get out? Uh, no, yeah. I just wanted to say, yes, absolutely. I would love that. Mm. I can keep Rilla safe and fairly happy <laughs> and talk to you at the same time. Awesome. That'd be great. Not you, Jordan. Right. You. The general you the who's masses. listening to this. Well, All of the masses time, listening. Probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Awesome. Well, thanks again so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks everyone for listening and we'll, uh, we'll be back again soon with another episode. So thanks a lot and have a great day. Mm-hmm.